Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper on AFR Talk. You know, you hear a lot about people groups and some of them are unreached. And many times they can be people groups in one nation, so many in a city. But sometimes people groups not only have an identity in their culture, but it may be an age group. They're a people group. And uh, one of the most important evangelism, discipleship areas when it comes to age is children. And uh, we just know that Jesus said, don't prevent those children to come from to me. And so today, Nathan, we have someone that we want to talk with that would uh, help us to understand the importance of reaching people, but especially children for Christ. That's absolutely right. And, you know, we don't want to be guilty of neglecting um, a group of people who is close to God's heart. And, you know, that is uh, so important. To help us understand some of this today, we have uh, we have a special guest with us. His name is Wesley Braswell. Wesley is with Children's Hope of Haiti. And Wesley, we just want to say welcome, brother. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Was so thankful for this opportunity. Blessed to be with you. So, Wesley, um, there's a lot to talk about, especially when we talk about ministry uh, with children, uh, but also uh, in the country of Haiti. And maybe that's a good place to start is um, – is is about Haiti. Can, what can you tell us? Some of us are familiar with the country of Haiti. It's in the Western Hemisphere. Um, what can you tell us about Haiti? Haiti is a, a beautiful country with wonderful people. Um, it has a, a very complicated past. So uh, it's actually the the uh, second oldest free state uh, in the Western Hemisphere. So right after the U.S. Haiti is the the next country to uh, to shed their colonial roots and become independent, an independent nation. Um, and so, it's just a, a beautiful place that has had a, a very hard history. Uh, it's the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere, and with that poverty comes a lot of other issues. Um, and there, it is on some uh, natural faults, and so there. Are, have historically been some earthquakes, and then, of course, being in the Caribbean, there are um, hurricanes and other natural disasters that they have to uh, navigate as well. So there's there's a lot of things that are make things diff- difficult, life difficult there, uh, but then there are beautiful people um, who are worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ and who um, are doing some incredible work there. When I hear Haiti, is the language one language, or do they have different languages, different dialects? How's the language situation there, Wesley? So Haiti is a historically a French colony, and so French is spoken uh, in the more formal settings. Um, but then the national language, 
um, other than French, is the the one that's spoken mostly by people is Haitian Creole. Um, and then because they share Hispaniola with the Dominican Republic, many people speak Spanish as well, and then English is also a, a dominant language there. So even though being the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, many people there are quadlingual, uh, which is amazing. Uh, but most people, um, if they don't know four languages, they at least know two. They know French and Haitian Creole. Wesley, um, as we think about Haiti, um, it's been um, pretty often in the news, but uh, fairly recently, and I know you and I have had conversations about some of the uh, current situation in Haiti. Um, pretend we don't know anything about what's currently happening, uh, whether it's politically or economically or anything. What can you tell us to inform us um, about Haiti right now? And it would help us to know so we can pray a little bit more specifically along those lines. Sure. Sure. So in uh, 2020, as uh, most folks experienced a very difficult year uh, with the onset of COVID and the global pandemic, and uh, through that, there had been a little bit of political unrest uh, in the previous year, in 2019. Uh, mostly that was due to uh, some uh, taxes that were passed that were unpopular. And, uh, and so there was a little bit of underlying unrest, political unrest current there. And then 2020 put a damper on a lot of that because people were more focused on other things. Um, but then uh, once COVID, we got through COVID in 2021, last year, things began to really ramp up politically um, as far as the unrest is concerned, which resulted in the assassination of their president in July of 2021. Um, and then, and um, I think it was about three weeks later, uh, they had another earthquake um, that was centered down. If you are familiar with Haiti, it, it makes a backward sea, shares the island of Hispaniola with Dominican Republic, in the lower arm of the sea um, down that, um, that peninsula, there was an earthquake down there, created a lot of devastation. And then three days after that, there was a tropical storm that came through and flooded the same area that had experienced the, hur- the uh, earthquake. And so there was a lot of instability and unrest um, during that time. You can imagine with the assassination of the president and, and then the natural disasters, there was just a lot of um, turmoil in the nation. Most of that was centered uh, around the capital. Uh, but then in 2022, this year, we began to see that begin to make its way uh, throughout the country. So northern areas and southern areas where our campus is, Children's Hope's campus is in southern Haiti, in uh, Jacmel, Haiti. And uh, so we began to experience some of the same things they had in uh, Port-au-Prince over the course of the last couple of years, we began to <clears throat> experience them uh, this year. And and when I the things that I'm referring to are um, riots, um, kidnapping, a lot of violence, um, and uh, incredible inflation. Uh, so the cost of fuel from October of this from excuse me May of this year to October of this year increased two thousand uh, percent. The cost of food. 
in that same time period went up 150%. Um, and so if you have trouble buying food at $2, then you can imagine um, it being you know five or more uh, is unsustainable or even more than that. Um, and so, you know, fuel that, um, it was, it was going for $52 a gallon. Um, and so it's, it's been a very difficult and continues to be a very difficult season for Haiti. So I want to get one more thing before we get into specific, the children hope ministry, you want to concentrate on that. Uh, I know the difficulties, but is there any freedom of religion issues uh, in Haiti, or is it freedom for the gospel to be presented, the Bible to be read? Uh, are there any restrictions in that area? No, sir, not that we've encountered. So the the national religion uh, is voodoo, um, and so there are a lot of spiritual implications that I think manifest practically as well with the acceptance of voodoo across the uh, the country. There's a very darkness, a very dark presence, a, a darkness that exists there because of that. Um, however, um, as we know, uh, the, when the light is shown, darkness has to flee. And so we have been able to um, share the gospel freely and openly um, and without persecution uh, and been able to uh, share hope that we find in Jesus Christ and partner with some local Haitian pastors to not only invest in their own churches, but begin planting churches as well and uh, discipling not only their people, but raising up other pastors and investing in them as well. And I'm sure we'll get into more specifics about that in a moment. But um, no, sir, as far as limitations is concerned, it, it's only resources. Uh, we are only limited by the resources that we have um, and the people that are available um, and the circumstances that dictate that you know, trips down there may not be uh, ab- able to be taken currently. Uh, but we have a wonderful staff and wonderful partners down there who are able to continue ministry even if we're not able to travel there. So can you tell us, Wesley, a little bit about uh, about your staff and about the work that's happening through Children's Hope Maybe if you wanted to share, like when and and where Children's Hope was started, and and up to the current point. Sure, absolutely. So in 2010, there was a major earthquake um, in the capital of Port-au-Prince, and it affected a lot of surrounding areas as well. Uh, there was a huge response globally to come and, and bring relief because it created such devastation. And our founder is his name is Andy Birchfield. Uh, he lives in Montgomery, Alabama, and he had recently adopted internationally in 2009. And so, children internationally was was heavy on his heart. Uh, and so, he decided that he wanted to go down on a relief mission to help where he could, and discovered uh, 12 children being cared for, a young man in a tent, and. Most of these children had been either orphaned or uh, had been uh, displaced from their families because of the earthquake. And so Andy worked uh, with local authorities to try to find these children's families if they're if they were able to be found. And uh, and in that time period, was able to rehome them to reunite them with their families, but then was alerted to others who were had been orphaned 
and uh, the ones that he were already under his oversight who were already orphans. And so that established our first children's home. Uh, and so we started in 2010 with a children's home with about a dozen children, and that has grown um, exponentially from there uh, throughout the last uh, uh, 12 years or so. And so to include now, we have 58 children in our care uh, at our children's home. They are placed uh, by Haitian Social Services with us. Um, we are not an orphanage. There is not opportunity to adopt the children that are in our care uh, because we function a lot like the um, children's homes in uh, our country where uh, there is potential sometimes if a relative can be found for these children to be uh, rehomed to their birth families. Um, it doesn't happen very often, but there is that potential. And because there is that potential, we uh, do not do adoptions. Uh, but we do have those 58 children in our care, uh, 365 days a year, um, seven days a week there with us. Uh, and so from there, though, We've expanded our ministry to include three schools with a combined uh, 659 students in those schools. Um, most of the, uh, One of them is in Jacmel, and the other two are in rural areas that have little access to education. And all of them are housed in local churches, so partner pastors who use our school not only as a way to share the gospel, with these children, but also use it as a community ministry to reach out to families in those areas. Um, we also have a medical clinic that sees about 6,000 patients a year. Um, all of our medical clinic staff are Haitian. Um, our, we have two general practitioners, a dentist, um, a psychiatrist, and also um, a pediatrician uh, who work with us. Where everyone that comes into the clinic hears the gospel is treated uh, medically, but also spiritually. Um, and then we have the partnerships I alluded to with our local pastors, which help us to do community ministry. So we um, try to fulfill James one twenty seven, and not only caring for the orphans, but also the widows in their distress. Um, and so we feed the elderly in our community um, twice a month um, and help them. What started as a supplement to their regular food has become a primary source for them because of the effects of the unrest and the inflation. Um, and so these people have become reliant upon this for this season, at least. Um, we never want to be an organization that gives handouts. We will also always want to give a hand up um, and help people help themselves. Um, but in this season, as it currently is, um, you know, we're trying to help them the best that we can. Uh, and then through those partnerships with, the local churches, we have um, a Bible training center for pastors. Uh, we've graduated two classes. Uh, that began in 2018. It's a two-year program, and um, some of our partner pastors lead that. And so we've graduated over, um, well, it's 40 individuals, so 18 the first time, 12 the second time, um, and have been, I'm sorry, that's 30, 30 individuals um, that we have graduated uh, from that program, and uh, the, they are launched back into their local churches to serve more proficiently in their local church, or either uh, they're launched to go plant churches uh, in the surrounding areas, in rural areas of Haiti, 
Um, and then we have a prison ministry as well. Um, and so we take very literally Matthew 25, 35 through 40, where Jesus says, you know, whenever you've done to the least of these, you've done it also unto me. And so um, we have one of our doctors go into the prison, one of our pastors go into the prison, they bring food, they bring medical care, and they bring the hope of Jesus Christ with them. Um, and so that there are other things that we do, um, sometimes disaster relief when those situations come up and some other things. Um, but those are typically what we do on a consistent, regular basis. And Wesley, you have all this has started in the last 12 years, if I did my math right, from 2010 to 2022. That is yes, amazing. Sir. It really is. You can tell God's hand. I want to go back to the schools. Uh, what grades are, do you do it with grades or are they, is it first through sixth grade? What's, what's the situation with the children there? Right. So their school system is a little different than ours. They go to um, year 13, um, and there's no really time limit or time set for you to accomplish that. So uh, you go to school for the entire year. At the end of the year, you take a cumulative test. If you pass the test, then you're promoted to the next grade. Um, so you can technically, you know, if you were to start at age five, you can be done at 18. Um, and uh, but n- most people don't. Uh, they either have to repeat a grade or uh, sometimes they just take a year off and go back. Uh, but for ours, we focus primarily on uh, elementary age. So we would go up to year six. And uh, most of our children um, complete um, their education and have opportunity to go to other schools in order to be able to um, to complete the entirety of their education. Now, the children that are with us in our children's home, uh, they actually go to um, not any of our schools. Our schools are for uh, other to serve other children um, in other areas, uh, but they go to other schools, and they are given the opportunity to continue to go um, up to year 13. In fact, we have four that don't actually live on our campus, or they live in host homes, because they are older and finishing their year 10 and above um, grades. And so we are working with host homes to teach them not only um, educationally, but life skills. So how to cook, how to clean, how to go to the market. Um, and they're also learning some trades. Um, two of our boys that are in that program recently received their, their tiling certification um, and so we're working to try to, uh, instead of push them out, launch them out into the world uh, when that time comes. They have a few years left. Um, they, they, each of them have, uh, well, the three oldest have, they're, they're beginning their year 11 school this year, and the youngest is in year 10. So uh, they have a few years to complete that, um, and they'll be with us, and then we'll look to um, launch them out and you know, we're learning as we go as well because they're the first ones to do it. So, wow. um, unfortunately, Amen. they're the guinea pigs. So today we're speaking with Wesley Braswell with Children's Hope of Haiti. And Wesley, if our listeners wanted to contact or get connected with Children's Hope, what is the best way that they could do that? Yeah, so the best way to do that is to just go to our website. It's childrenshope.com. And there's a way to contact me through that. Um, You can email me um, through that website or uh, find out any information that you would want to 
there's links to, to videos on our Vimeo page. Uh, we are Facebook. We have Facebook as well and Instagram. Um, and so, but the best way would be to go to childrenshope.com. Um, and then you can reach out to uh, me through that um, or uh, just reach out in general or find all the information that you may need at the website. That's, that's great. Um, so, Wesley, you mentioned that uh, it's been a while since you've actually been able to travel to Haiti. Um, and the, the, the work that's being done, the ministry is being carried out by uh, an indigenous local staff of leaders. Can you, can you tell us what that's about and why that's so important for the work that's being, uh, yeah. being done? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for that question. So uh, we prioritize indigenous leadership. Um, we, we think there is no better person to reach Haitians for Jesus than Haitians. Um, and so uh, we actually do not have any American or North American in Haiti currently. Um, we are a small nonprofit. We only have two full-time staff stateside. So we have a lady in Canada. Um, her name is Maria, and she is our Haiti site coordinator. And so she coordinates uh, much of the ministry that I mentioned as far as uh, just logistics and um, making sure everybody's staying on path and on track. And then I am here in the States and coordinate uh, relationships and development and do a lot of odds and ends and things like that. Uh, But in in Haiti, we have no North American and prioritize Haitian leadership. Um, And, you know, that expresses itself in a lot of ways. So that means that everybody in our clinic is Haitian. Um, and all of our nannies at our children's home are Haitian, and our school teachers and administration at our schools are Haitian. And so to us, that's so important because um, it gives ownership of the ministry and uh, to those um, and provides income in the local economy for those in the surrounding area um, and uh, also enables the gospel to go further faster. Um, because there's no language barrier, there's no cultural barrier, um, because Haitians are sharing the gospel, they're doing the ministry, um, because um, they already know the culture, they already know the language. Um, There's not this uh, level of, or time period, where there has to be an acceptance um, of someone new. It's already somebody that you know, and they're uh, sharing with you a gospel that would change your life. Um, and so we're excited to prioritize that. It's worked phenomenally well, um, and we're excited about the staff that God has blessed us with. Um, it took a long time to um, to find the right people, but the Lord brought them to us, and we're thankful to have them. You know, when I hear about the people you're using, I remember going to a conference, and one of the things that I found out, Nathan and Wesley, was the reason that our denomination that I was involved in, we did not train those people, nationals, to 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 do the training they needed to do, and it was too dependent upon those from the United States. And I think that is the the better pattern. Yeah, I know it was biblically, but I think it's happened in a lot of different ministries. Nathan, yeah, it's it's really important to. Uh to raise up indigenous leaders who, who, as Wesley said, take ownership of, of the work. Um, and that's not always been the story. We don't have a lot of time, but 
Um, maybe you can give us like a, a little hint of Wesley. What you know in in Haiti's past, that's not been the case most of the time, um, and and we see a lot of ill effect from that, right? We do. Um, there's a lot of dependency and uh, a lot of corruption in some areas um, because it has been more of a handout and more of a, uh, a a hands-off approach where let us do this for you rather than let us do this with you approach that has been taken. And, and guys, just to speak to uh, really quickly uh, to the ownership portion of that. So in our... Um, monthly food distributions that we were doing, uh, there, we came across a circumstance where, uh, there, uh, we ran out of food before we ran out of people. Um, and our staff there, our precious staff there, um, saw the need. It wasn't a lot of people who were left, uh, but they took money out of their own pockets and they went and purchased enough food to finish giving out to those who remained. And without any promise from us that we would reimburse them, um, and and they did that willingly, uh, and lovingly, and uh, and wanted to to participate in that. And what that shows is that they have now taken ownership of the ministry. And now it's not just us doing it; it's our us, meaning Children's Hope North Americans, doing it for them. It's together we're accomplishing this goal. And, and so they see it as an opportunity for them to be able to reach out, to help their fellow man, uh, to do it in the name of Jesus. Um, and that's what it's all about. Like, that's when we know that we're turning a corner and that things are beginning to make a difference, a real difference in the lives of these individuals, because now they have the opportunity. We provided them with an occupation to be able uh, to have the resources available to be able to help out their fellow man. Um, their fellow citizen, their fellow Haitian, and do it in the name of Jesus. Um, and so that's where we see real change occur. And so that's been very promising. There are other stories like that where we see ownership taking place, leadership stepping up, um, and we're just excited about uh, what God has for us in the future, even knowing that there are a lot of hurdles to overcome, as you can imagine, with the inflation and uh, that means our costs have gone up exponentially this year as well. So that's been a strain for us to be able to continue doing all that we're doing um, because of the inflation we've experienced. But you know, we're committed. Uh, as my uh, former boss said when I came, when I was onboarded, he said, "It's not that we have to be there, um, or it's not that we want to be there. It's not, not that we need to be there. It's that we have to be there uh, because if we aren't, nobody else is." Mm. Um, and so we're committed to being there, committed to helping these people, uh, committed to um, making sure the gospel of Jesus Christ goes forth, shines bright in this darkness, and provides hope and healing to the people that need it the most. Amen. Wesley, in maybe 10 seconds or so, how can our listeners be praying for you, be praying for Children's Hope, be praying for Haiti? Yeah, so pray for God's provision. Pray for the peace of God that transcends all understanding to uh, to overwhelm this country, and pray for God's protection over our staff and our children and our ministries there. Amen. We've been talking with Wesley Braswell of Children's Hope Haiti. Go go to the website childrenshope.com, and we want to thank you for listening uh, today on Exploring Missions. Wesley, God bless you. Thank you, brother. 
Thank you guys for having me.